0: Yes, hello, I'm Tim Moody, uh, President and CEO of Pan-Global Resources. Uh, we have uh, an advanced copper project in southern Spain, uh, which we are very vigorously pursuing, along with a number of other targets in
1: that uh, general area. Tim, thank you very much for the introduction. Nice to meet you. Um, <clears throat> you don't look as if you're in your normal office environment. Uh, where are you at the moment? I'm, I'm actually in
0: Seville. So uh, I'll be heading out to site. We've got some site visits uh, this week and next week.
1: Good. April in Spain is a lovely time of the year. No, um, it must be must be getting a little bit warmer out there.
0: Yes, I think today is going to reach thirty degrees Celsius. So it's uh, yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not summer heat, but they're uh, certainly very pleasant.
1: A very uh, something that the Canadians and the British um, are rather envious of at the moment. You did an interview a couple of weeks ago with Matt uh, on Crux, and in that you spoke about the goals for the year and the kind of the catalysts for for value growth. Um, <clears throat> the the market, although the gold price has kind of kicked off, and the copper price is still strong. The the Valuations of junior companies are still pretty much rock bottom, and, and even though you put out some good metallurgical results last week, the share price hasn't actually jumped. So, I mean, do, do you want to just kind of comment on what the what it feels like, uh, or, or what you're seeing from the market at the moment?
0: Yes, look, it's. Uh, I think there is a bit of a disconnect, really, with uh, particularly for in our situation, you know, uh, a copper company uh, and what we think is uh, a very positive outlook for copper prices and in fact you know I've said before with to uh, on the uh interviews that copper, you know, the incentive price for copper uh must be much higher I think if we're going to uh meet the sort of uh, the, the demand that um, that uh, people are projecting going forward so there is a bit of a disconnect with this but at this time uh it seems that uh, there are you know any that genius and there's no companies being particularly singled out here. We're all being caught with the same sort of sentiment. Um, so I, I guess all we can do is what uh, stick to our knitting, and you know we're, we we uh, we have money in the bank, and we 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 can control the draw rigs and that's what we're doing.
1: And and uh, hopefully, at some stage, the valuations of these copper projects, which are advancing, will catch up with the the fundamentals of the of the of the metal price cycle. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, that's right. And I, I think uh, you know one of the, I guess, the value propositions that we 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 are presenting really is that I think we're one of the few copper companies that are sort of poised to really uh, capture um, a, a turnaround in the copper copper price. Not that the copper price is bad at the moment, but um, I think where it's uh, where it's heading. Um, you know, we could we could have a project that could be uh, a, a potential uh, producer in within this decade which is which is a big advantage and that's when copper prices are expected to
1: accelerate. Well I'll I'll come on to that on the timeline to production but going back to one of your earlier comments about you know the uh, the incentive price of copper isn't there you're saying that kind of the copper prices need to be stronger to to attract I- investment but I I <laughs> I question that because it, to me, it feels as if the copper price is quite strong. You know, $4 a pound, uh, $8,900 per tonne is quite a strong copper price. And the, I think if you've got capital, I think the producers and it's... Sorry, if you've got capital and you've got the resources that are ready, the producers would be um, not holding back because of metal price. Um, I, I really, it feels to me that for the junior companies or for the development projects, what's lacking is... um equity capital it's 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 not the price it's the the availability of 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 um investors who are willing to buy the shares and fund the fund the the, the growth plans do, do you see what i'm kind of getting at
0: yeah i do uh, i guess i come at it from a different uh, different angle if you if you step back a bit and uh your energy prices have gone up costs have you know, have, have gone up um uh, the the big producers can't just turn on uh, additional copper, um, you know, overnight. Uh, that requires big investments. Uh, so, you know, for uh, and what, you, what you've seen, you can uh, do your own research on this. But um, there's been, a, a generally, an underinvestment in exploration, an underinvestment in in development of new new deposits. And given that the, you know, the some of the forecasts are the need for a, another sort of uh, war-class ore deposit to be added uh, discovered and put on production every year um you know I just don't see it at the moment unless the uh, the, the fastest way for uh the, the new copper to hit the uh the market is for uh, the cutoffs to come down and for that to happen you need a higher incentive price okay and I don't see that at the moment so yeah. so I think uh, yeah there are plenty plenty of people out there yeah, Listening, listening to Robert Friedland the other day again. You no, know, he's he's he, he sees it as well that uh, copper prices must rise if uh, if we're going to meet the the demand for uh, copper and uh, the the
1: zero uh, carbon. Uh, tired Good. Um, thank you for that. And, um, and just coming to your comment about how, how do you think that this can be a kind of a, a project within the decade? I mean, that's seven years away. Now, If you look at the, the average development timelines of copper projects around the world, I think, um, Minex Consulting out of Australia do, do kind of got the best numbers on this. They put, um, <clears throat> the kind of the, the average copper development timeline at around 17 years, which it would take us to 2040 um which is got kind of right at the peak uh demand um obviously that includes some some mega projects which take a long time but um uh what gives you the confidence that this could be a kind of a let's say call it a seven-year development line not a 17-year development line
0: yeah well look i think there's a number of uh a number of things that, that give me confidence that we could be seeing something into production into in this this uh this decade, um or in the next 10 years let's say is uh that we've got near surface mineralization. In fact, it comes to surface. It's open pitable uh, in a in a mining friendly location. A very and lots of very simple geometry. It looks to be from the early words very simple um, metallurgy, etc. So, um, and there is some case history here. Uh, there is uh, yeah. Um, there was a discovery made in 2012, the Magdalena deposit in the same belt that we're exploring. Um, that was found by the MATSA joint venture, uh, that was put into production in 2015. So from a grassroots discovery to production, that is very quick. So, uh, you know, we're, we're looking at, uh, that's an underground mine. Yes. They had some, there was some, uh, they had a plant off of deliver but we're looking at, you know, an open pit up, uh, project in, in a, in, a essentially it's like ground build environment. So that gives me the confidence that We could put this into production, yeah. Shouldn't all the economics and everything else uh, uh, go as we hope? Uh, no, this is something that could be brought into on stream, yeah. Very small, quickly,
1: good. And um, of course, you're working towards um, on the Romana project, um, the, the Roman project. I, I love the, the Iberian Pirate Belt for the, the 2000 year history, plus. Um, <clears throat> but um, you're working on the Romana project, you've got a uh, pre-feasibility study coming out uh in the middle of the year you've just published some metallurgical uh test work and i think that speaks to your comment or your your, your answer about the kind of the timelines for development so can you kind of summarize the news release and kind of um, the, the the results of this metallurgical test work please
0: hey, just uh, just to first grab we're not only for a pre-feasibility study uh for the middle of this year but uh you know at this at this stage yeah what we we'll be- we're uh, working towards is to to, to uh, delineate the steps of the of the mineralisation at the Marimana uh, target target, uh, and uh, once we've got that, then we'd look to yeah put out a resource and move into accruing that economic uh, assessment. My so, mistake.
1: Yes, apologies.
0: Uh, no problem. So, uh, so you know, depending really, that uh, one of the uh, things that we're waiting on there is the uh, the access. So that we can complete the drilling, particularly to the west, uh, to further de- uh, delineate that uh, sort of western extension where the mineralisation is currently open. Um, so once we, we have an idea of what the you know, potential size is, uh, then we're far more uh, uh, well, we be much better positioned then to put out a, a, a resource and, and get going. So really, uh, the timing of when we commence a, a PA. Would be really depends on how quickly we can get in and drill that uh, drill drill those extensions. Um, all going well, uh, we're we're weeks away, not not uh, in a year away, and uh, we can we can get in and, and uh, complete the majority of that drilling uh, before the end of the year, and that sometime uh, yeah, in the first half of next year, uh, we'll bring out a resource.
1: And of course, really what you. What you're effectively doing is if you can get access to the the land so you can target the surface mineralization that will give you the chance to put an envelope around the the kind of the most likely uh target resource that's kind of suitable for fast tracking into production and so so what you what you're talking about is really um defining the limit of your mineralization as as long as that is a kind of a low cost and relatively simple process I mean, because you can always chase deeper and deeper resources, but I think you kind of everybody has to draw a line uh, 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 eventually and say like this is this is going to take us into production and this is an economic uh, proposition. So you, you're you're saying you should if if you get the 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 farm access in weeks, possibly months, then you can drill out through the second half of the year and then put that limit around that kind of first-pass resource.
0: Yeah, that's that's correct. We've got about 1.2 kilometres of strike length at the moment, uh, and mineralization is open at depth in, in a number of areas. It's open along strike, particularly to the west. Uh, we do have a very big you know, target off to the east as well, uh, but that's a some separate uh, separate thing. But, uh, yeah, really that priority is to test that western extension. We can see for floor uh, based on the geophysics, for the strike lead to potentially extend to two kilometres, so it, it, yeah, if we if that's confirmed with the with the drilling, um, yeah, that that's going to give us some pretty a uh, pretty significant uh, yeah uh, o- potentially open pit target. Uh, I, I
1: know that the Iberian, Iberian pirate Belt is polymetallic. Uh, the normal assemblage I kind of associate with the area is uh, copper, lead, zinc. Uh, your mineralogy is copper and tin. Um, is it a classic VMS? Um, and you, you've got some silver in there as well. How does the tin appear metallurgically or mineralogically? And I, I, I know the the mineralization, the, the metallurgical test work you've just published is about the copper recoveries, and you're going to follow up on the tin recoveries. But just, can you orientate me in terms of the kind of the mineralogy of 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 the resource?
0: Yeah, look, I'm I'm glad you've asked that. Uh, so, uh, is it a conventional volcanogenic massive sulphide or VMS deposit? Not really. I mean, most uh, you know, it's for, uh, it's probably a sub C four yeah, replacement style uh, deposit. So within the spectrum of the VMS family, yeah. But like many of the big uh, VMS deposits and uh, you know things that being mined in the Iberian firefeld today, that they, they have more massive sulphide deposits. So big pyrite bodies with with some other metals. With yeah. the, um, uh, hence, you get here, of them. The parts of those massive sulfide lead zinc parts etc um so I think uh, because we're dealing with something which is more a replacement style that yeah. may count some of the differences that we're seeing in the mineralization itself you know in turn so we're looking at copper tin and silver as the main metals in the mineralization we've got there in places we get a bit of cable you know painted with elevated and gold so. but essentially it's the main Three metals look like uh, copper, tin, and silver, uh, and it's also coarse grain and lower in pyrite. Mm. Uh, the the main copper minerals are uh, is chalcopyrite. There's a little bit of chalcoside as well. Um, the tin is mainly cassiterite. Uh, in fact, it's dominantly cassiterite. We we've not really seen much of anything else. There's no stannite. We've not seen any of that. Yep. So that's very positive. Uh, the silver seems to be with the copper. So, okay. Uh, so. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess it's uh, in terms of being different to many other deposits. I guess there are some similarities as well. Uh, you know, drawing the, the similarities with nevis Corvo, although Nevis Corvo has a lot of massive sulphide, uh, they they do have copper and tin as well. So in fact, yeah. Nevus Corvo was your biggest tin mine for for a number of years. So uh, you know, I think we we do share some similarities in that in that. Uh, in that regard,
1: and you, you've mentioned the the coarse grain uh, chalcopyrite. Is the cassiterite uh, f- very fine, or you know, what's the grain size of the cassiterite?
0: Yeah, the the cassiterite's are really a spectrum as well. So some, you know, it's visible; it's coarse, um, and then we also have fine cassiterite. So yeah, that's going to, that's going to be the real test with the, the metallurgical work is to is to see uh, how much of that thing we can we can recover. And what what processing uh, do we need to do to get the finer grade material? Yeah, what that's uh, that um, yeah that's the work that's uh, that's uh, from insta Wordy.
1: Good. I just I just re- remember from studying uh, Las Cruces, uh, which yeah. is just up the road from you, that there was this um, there was a, a relatively complex uh, alteration front because you had the. <clears throat> the emplacement position relative to seawater. So you had kind of, uh, kind of an, an in-situ alteration profile. Um, and then there was a kind of a subsequent uh, oxidation and uh, kind of more recent uh, uh, ox- um, kind of weathering profile as well, alteration profile. What's the complexity of the mineralization in, in, in the body at Romana Ram- uh, that you've got there?
0: Uh, well, fortunately, it's not, not very complex. Uh, it's very simple. Uh, very simple geometry. Yeah, uh, it's very predictable um, and and very continuous. Um, so uh, there is a little bit of supergene enrichment, you know, near the, where the, the unconformity is with the older rocks opposed the mineralization, and the younger sort of post mineral cover, um, which is similar to ne- to uh, Las Cruces. So yeah, you know, what was mined in the open pit of Las Cruces was chalcopyrite, which yeah. was a sp- Supergene uh, style of mineralisation, yeah, you know, which sort of upgraded the the primary sulfides uh, to some yeah very high grades sort of the five to seven percent copper, yeah, uh, which was necessary to to support an open pit given they had to remove one hundred and fifty metres of cover to get to that. Um, so, so um, we do see a, a little bit of uh, supergene uh, style mineralisation. Um, yeah, we're, we're the, we have some tertiary sediment sitting over the top of the the fossil the erosional, yeah, the erosion, um, old erosion surface. In some areas, we go very quickly into fresh uh, chalk ofara. So yeah, um, yeah. So we have a little bit of certain reference in places, uh, but uh, yeah, it's not not uh, t- preserved to the same extent that uh, it it was at. at um, las cruces uh,
1: another another feature of las cruces was the, the the overlying sediments were these very unconsolidated miles so they had to have these kind of super low pit angles to kind of make sure that the slope stability was there what, what's your depth to mineralization i, I know you said that at points it it it, it, it crops um that there are outcrop and it do you are you in the same kind of um, um loosely consolidated sediments
0: yeah, well, look, there's we have a combination of sort of uh, tertiary and quaternary cover. Some places yes, quaternary cover sitting over the top of it. Some of that's quite confident, uh, sort of uh, carbonate, carbonaceous, or uh, well, sorry, uh, carbonate-bearing uh, conglomerates and, and so on. Um, yeah, the depth of cover or thickness of cover varies from zero to I think maximums about thirty metres. Uh, but the majority of it would be sort of less than twenty meters of a thing,
1: uh, which is which is not too, too too much of a headache when it comes to stripping. I mean that that's completely manageable. Um, <clears throat> when you when you compiled your metallurgical samples for test work, um, your representative samples and the kind of the variability analysis, uh, you, you you said that there's conf- it was a relatively simple ore body to deal with. Uh, because of the homogeneity of the mineralization, how simple was it and how much thought did you have to put into selecting those samples
0: yeah so uh we used the consultants to help guide us on that um so yeah we picked uh uh i guess uh, an area of the deposit that was uh, i guess fairly t- central um and uh we used composites from from drill uh, from various drill holes uh, and that yeah and we used a uh, a pretty hopefully a conservative head grade of 0.39 percent. Yeah. Um, yeah um, that that was really, you know, the basis for it. Um, you know, we we haven't tried to sort of some I guess some some uh, attempted to do, which is to to go for just the high grade and do your metallurgical chest work on that. So so we've used a pretty conservative um yeah grade of mineralization for the those those initial tests. And I should say that to get to where we got to, and and what was published in the usual early, early this week on metallurgy, yeah, there was a lot of uh, what they call rougher uh, tests and smaller tests, etc. To get to uh, these lock cycle tests, um, so there's a lot of lot of stages that have gone through it before you get to the producing these lock cycle um, t-
1: tests. So, um, by which you mean that it was a comprehensive metallurgical test program?
0: Very, yeah, very much so. Yeah, this this is trying to give us, you know, we did an early uh, orientation metallurgy um, study, just to give us some some idea. Are there any red flags? You know, what should we be doing in terms of designing um, a, a more detailed um, uh, metallurgical test program? Uh, so we use that to guide. Uh, this stage that we've just uh, released the results for
1: good um and of course uh, I, I took a i took a lot of comfort from the fact that your head grade or the the, the grade of that um was 039 percent copper I thought thank goodness they haven 't um forced it they haven 't pushed the, the 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 limits here and i think we should it 's also worth mentioning that the eighty six percent recovery is is a pretty good result
0: yeah it's uh, eighty six to eighty nine point five percent actually so it's, that's no that's that's very good. Uh, for the Iberian pyrobelts, it's good in general. Um, so, yeah, that um, that was a very good result uh, for us from you know, the two lock uh, cycle tests we did. Um, and y- you meant said, go on? Yeah, you know, yeah, I was going to say as I, you know, I said in the news uh, releasing sort of commented, it's not just it's not just the uh, the, the sort of concentrate grade. Uh, sorry, the recoveries. It's the concentrate grade right. together with some of the other positives as well. that, that is really very pleasing. It's it's really confirming some of the <clears throat> things that we thought uh, would be uh, the case with the mineralisation based on what we were saying early on. But um, yeah, to get those results uh, that we published were really pleasing. Now, they are significant in the context of of the Iberian Pirate Belt,
1: uh, and again in the context of the Iberian Pirate Belt, um, there's always that issue of um, the cleanliness of the concentrate. I, I, yeah, I think you mentioned in the in the news release that gonna, you you've got a little bit more analysis to do on those on those fine the fine tuning or the, the or the, the the minor elements. Um, any any comment on that so far?
0: Yeah, look, we're not ex- we're not expecting any surprises there. The uh, the multi-element analysis and all the drill core, the early work we did indicates you know we've got negligible deleterious uh, metal or mineral uh, content, so we're not expecting any anything from that, and that's what the metallurgists, metallurgists are telling us as well. So, okay. uh, you know, it's really good again to get the confirmation on that. Uh, what what's what we uh, what we want to know is here yeah, is how much of that silver is, is is recovered as well. So we haven't got the silver assay. That's that's going to come, and maybe there's some other metals too. We'll see see what happens because uh, you know I guess when you're taking say point three nine percent and you're taking it all the way to a central concentrate grade of to twenty four to to uh, get whatever it was twenty eight point five percent. yeah, that, that gives an opportunity for quite a lot of u- upgrading, you know, uh, capturing a lot of that silver, even though the the grade of the silver in, in the mineralization is not particularly high. Now when you when you look at that uh, concent- concentrate upgrading, um, it really it you yeah, gives us Reasons to believe that we're going to get a payable silver with um, coverage.
1: If your silver partitions or is linked to the the copper mineralization and you enrich your you you your your copper grade, whatever it is, 75 times, then you're going to get a commensurate uh, pull on the on the on the silver grade.
0: Exactly, it's said a better than I did.
1: <laughs> um good so onwards and upwards um control the things you can control uh you'll be busy drilling this year um presumably you're gonna hang you're gonna hold back on your um d- drilling the other targets until you've got more clarity on the the western trend you know the 800 meters of untested romana
0: yeah look uh, just before we get onto that uh, one one really important aspect that i mentioned in the that was in the last news release about the metallurgical work was the the grind size and the work in the thing, yeah. so essentially which translates to energy consumption. So yeah, you know, the mineralization, as you sort of asked me before, you know, it seems to be coarser grain. Um, so yeah, you know, it, it looks like yeah you know, we may be able to get away with a significantly coarser grind size than many of the other the operating mines in, in the belt. That's a big deal. Because when you think the 30% or more sometimes of the, you know, the operating costs are related to the energy, it's yeah. really down the other, the grinding, how hard you have to work to get the, the material. If, we, if we're uh, dealing with sort of 65% of the material passing at 106 uh, microns or thereabouts, then compared to say some of the other mines, it might be grinding down to 20 microns. That's a big deal. So um, yeah, that's a big energy saving. So I just wanted to sort of mention that. Uh, um, yeah, that's it. it. Was a major point of that uh, of those results.
1: Well, that, that's a, that's also a function of the kind of emplacement or the, the the genesis of the um of of the mineralization because. It- in a in a classic um seafloor situation or just just subsea f- um floor you get this quenching of your mineralizing fluids by the cold seawater and so you get this very very fine grained and often interlocked mineralization whereas the 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 volcanic um volcanic hosted massive sulfide kind of replacement at a deeper level uh, there's more chance for the crystals to actually grow and for the precipitation to be slightly slower so in a, in a, in a, it's always the case that mother nature or nature itself can um has a huge role to play on the on the economic and the commercial aspects of a mineral development
0: yeah and i, I think we've also got the overprint of regional metamorphism as well so that uh that may have had a role in in the material as well
1: right okay
0: so, uh, so but yeah maybe a combination of sort of the the heat, that sub C four aspect to it, but but also perhaps some uh, yeah recrystallisation, some coarsening of of mineralization through uh, post depositional um, modification.
1: Oh, it sounds as if you and I should um, have a beer sitting over uh, uh, on a pavement in Seville talking about geology, but perhaps this isn't the forum for the the, the, the finer points. And apologies <laughs> for going down that rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> Coming back out of the rabbit hole to the kind of the goals for the year, um, um, and um, sock it to me.
0: Yeah. So, so coming back to your your, your previous question about the drilling. So, uh, look, uh, yeah, so when we do get access to the to the uh, the, the particularly the farm to the west, um, you know, that will trigger a, a you know, pretty major drill program. we a little looking at twenty five to fifty drill holes, you know, yeah, to to delineate that uh, that near surface extension, um. That's without sort of chasing it to to great depths as as you sort of mentioned earlier. Um, so, that um, yes, we've we've certainly got we've got a fair bit of money available in the twenty thousand meters of WNLE um, we for budget this year. What we'll go towards that um, that that drilling on those extensions. Bearing in mind that most of the drilling is going to be shallow. Yeah. Our average, that so so to date, is about two hundred meters. So the but the minute, the potential open pit mineralisation is yeah in the top two hundred metres. So well, the fourth and shallow, shallow drilling you get a lot of lot of drilling done with uh, with with twenty with twenty thousand metre uh, drill hole and no, a drill meter budget. Um, so so we're going to con- we're going to focus on on that since we get the access. But in the meantime, we're going to continue testing some of the other targets, and I'd like to at least keep uh, some drilling going on in parallel to. Yeah, the the resource delineation type drilling, really, uh, and mean, continue testing some of the new targets. You know, um, make to make another discovery in one of these other targets would be a yeah a big deal. So we don't we don't want to get we don't, don't want to walk away from some pretty pretty exciting looking targets elsewhere.
1: Yeah, no, completely understood. Um, uh, and it's always nice to be drilling open pitable shallow mineralization from near surface so so uh uh, fingers crossed you get the 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 extension of the trend uh and the farm access uh in the coming weeks and it's also exciting to be drilling deeper targets or other covered targets which are based on geophysics geology and geochemistry so uh, good luck with uh, the exploration the wider exploration program this year
0: yeah thanks very much